Welcome to Oaken Bros. This is Eric. And I'm Michael. And this is no longer Oaken Bros today. For the next hour, this is going to be called the Uber Bashing Show. Okay. <laughs> and we'd like to introduce Mark have- Stewart with CLI Transportation, if I got that right, in, in uh, Orange County. That's correct, right, Dan. Yes. And I'm also uh, legislative chair for the uh, Greater California Livery Association, GCLA. Oh, wow. And we got Mr. Shanker on. Mr. Uh, Mr. New York attorney for our industry, Stephen, welcome. Welcome to the Thank broadcast. You. Okay, so um, I, I would do like an F marry kill, like Uber Lyft and like, you know, get or something. But uh, I know that this is not the this is not appropriate. So explain, we're talking about like Prop 22 here, right? Yes. Yes. Okay, so let's start. Explain, let's start on the left coast. Explain, explain to us like we're five. Yeah, explain what like is, we're five. What is, what is Prop 22? How is it affecting chauffeured car? You want to Let's start? Go ahead, Steven, Mark. Do you want to? You want to go ahead? Sure. Um, one of the main issues uh, in general that's uh, been involved with the TNCs, particularly Uber and Lyft, over the years is their compliance or lack thereof with the law. Uh, most people don't necessarily understand uh, the labor law because it's uh, somewhat convoluted, but the so the Supreme Court in California and the legislature in California made it very clear, uh, although it's ambiguous elsewhere, uh, in California, they came out with a case in, I believe it was 2018, called Dynamex, which essentially said that if you are going to be uh, working for someone, you're presumed to be an employee. There's no, like in New York, uh, maybe you're an employee, maybe you're an independent contractor. They wanted to have a very clear line of demarcation to say, you are an an employee unless you prove otherwise. And in order to prove otherwise, you have to pass what's called the ABC test. It's a three-prong test, which you have to meet each prong. If you fail any one prong, then you're deemed to be the the employer. And just to go one step further, the California legislature came out with, and they put forward a bill. It was uh, Assemblywoman Lorena Gonzalez uh, put forward AB5, which is Assembly Bill 5, which essentially codified the Dynamex decision by saying that all entities have to meet the ABC test. And if you don't, then you're going to be deemed the employer. So as is typical of Uber and Lyft, uh, they do whatever they can to avoid the law. Now, there's in good times, uh, people can turn a blind eye. In bad times during COVID-19, as we've seen, uh, drivers are in dire straits. And because they're in dire straits, they look to either the government or what are their availability for what I call a social safety net. And one of the social safety net uh, aspects in, the, in uh, the workplace is unemployment. And unemployment is something that a, an employee is entitled to but not an independent contractor. So now all of a sudden we have COVID-19, you have drivers who are in dire straits, and there's a fight between the uh, Attorney General of the state of California uh, as against Uber and Lyft in a lawsuit which uh, is taking on uh, dramatic uh, proportions as we move forward. But while all this is going on, uh, Uber and Lyft, along with DoorDash, and I believe Instacart and a few other companies came up with uh, what's called Proposition 22, which is in the state of California, if you want, you can put forward a ballot initiative 
to say, we want this issue to be decided by the people, not the government. Not every state allows that, California does. And I believe the tally of the amount of money that's been spent by the collective companies has gone up to around $170, $180 million. That's a massive amount of money to spend for a ballot initiative. And what they're essentially seeking to do is to say, we want the people to, to decide this issue. And what they're proposing is to have the drivers stay as independent, so to speak, and to provide them with benefits. And I say benefits very, very loosely because what they provide to them is what I call the scraps from the table of uh, the kingly uh, leaders of Uber and Lyft. Now, I have a question. So does that carve out Prop 22? Does that include chauffeured car or they did they narrowly narrowly focus it on rideshare and, and gig economy workers? The, the AB5 was targeted towards gig economy workers, but primarily towards Uber and Lyft. When it first came out, it was really... Uh, no, I'm saying I'm, I'm saying Prop 22. Yes. Their, the, so Prop 22, their carve out, it's it's for them, by them. Pro, pro, right? Proposition 22 was to, to carve out them and you know th their ilk. If you uh, right. do business on a, an app-based type company, like uh, it's not just uh, chauffeur transportation. It also involves uh, transportation of goods. DoorDash is another uh, big player in Proposition 22 because their business model is... Uh, just about identical to Uber and Lyft. The only difference is that they, um, sorry, that they uh, deliver food and goods as opposed to. Um, you have to get that. If you, sorry. <laughs> that, could, that could be Dara saying, "Get off the air." Uh, <laughs> what are you doing, Stephen? I thought we were stop. friends. We just played golf the other day, bro. <laughs> oh, if I could only, if I could only work all these programs all at once. I apologize. That's no, no worries. So hold on one second. So hold on one second. So. So basically, like Uber and Lyft can do whatever they want, and the rest of the ground. See, this is what's amazing. Why would anyone outside of our industry, right? We're we're in ground travel. Why would anyone care? I speak to people all the time, and they're in Uber and Lyfts to go food shopping, and it's like, oh, it's safe to me. You know, it sounds good to me. People are using it for convenience of ease. Do people understand the dangers of? of these companies? Do they understand that there's no background checks? Do they understand that there's no insurance? Do they understand that people get raped and murdered in these, in these, uh, companies? These Eric said, the Eric said the most brilliant thing. There, I think there was what? 8,000 sexual assaults. There, right? was, a, there was a huge or amount 80, of sexual assaults. And right. it, it came out to where it was, you know, only happened three times a day. And, could, and like, could you imagine at American airlines where they say only three times a day does a pilot sexually abuse a passenger yeah, like why aren't, why is the most ridiculous thing in the why world why isn't uber all right so there's like it's like a three-pronged question like why doesn't anyone everyone in our industry outside of our industry should understand what the hell you're talking about um when it comes to this why is uber and lyft fighting this so hard well partially because in my opinion partially because they can't afford to pay benefits even if they wanted to now i, I try to be fair although i'm not necessarily a fan of uh, what they've done to the industry but i try to be fair and i say i look at it and whenever i've contacted uh public officials to speak about this issue i say let's assume the best let's assume that they are not acting out of greed it's more of their business model can't afford it i mean to this day they're still not profitable 
So if they're still not profitable now, how are they going to afford to increase their cost by 25 to 30 percent, which is essentially the cost for uh, employee benefits, payroll tax and a variety of uh, other things? Essentially, the, the problem is, is that even after 10 years, as vis-a-vis -vis other ground transportation providers, the playing field is still not level. It's still uneven. And, you know, to, to be fair, you have to treat like entities alike. Now, as far as the public's concerned, uh, I think what you said, Michael, is, is correct. That, you know, why, why don't people know that they're not necessarily safe? Why do people care about it? Well, why people get in, in vehicles where it's legalized hitchhiking, where you don't know who it is, I don't know other than just the, the sake of, it's the sake of ease. And people are willing to take the chance because of the sake of ease. I try to educate everybody I come into contact with, whether, whether they want to hear it or not, about what the nature of their business is, how they operate, what's, uh, what's good, what's bad. And in some cases, you get what you pay for. You know, if you're paying a low amount, you know, there's a reason you're paying for a low amount. It's because they're paying their drivers nothing. And if when you pay your drivers next to nothing, what's the quality of the transportation you're getting? So I have a question for Mark. Speaking of educating the public, what is the GCLA doing, the Greater California Liberty Association doing to educate the market? Because it seems like it's, it's honestly, it seems like it's futile, right? $180 sure. million dollars compared to whatever you know, the budget is for the GCLA, GCLA is, is, is probably just, you know, pennies compared to it. So what, what can, what are, what are you guys doing over there? Let, let me answer. I just wanted to answer uh, something previously mentioned by Stephen, just a, a more on the education of, uh, of uh, Prop 22 and then AB5. Sure. One of the other things other than it codifying, but it also really give clarity on who actually is an independent contractor. So in AB5, it spells out or the carve out or the exemption, all of the various industries who are really independent contractors. And then this year, further carve out was, and it just was passed by the governor last month, uh, was AB2257. So that was even more industries that did not get the exemption in AB5. So the critical industry, as Stephen has talked about, is, is Uber and Lyft. They're the main target of the misclassification that's been going on for 10 years. So I just wanted to get that out there because a lot of people always ask, well, what about this industry? What about this industry? Prop 22, as Stephen says, is targeted strictly to only the app-based companies, Uber, Lyft, Postmates. So, so let's say they win. Let's say Uber wins. What happens to our industry? Does anything change in California? You know, I think that's going to be a discussion where the GCLA, we do want to reach out to legislators and even to our regulatory uh, agency, the California Public Utilities Commission, uh, because they're, you know, in the middle of a what they call a scoping memo dealing with AB5, you know, because it was effective on January 1 and with all this ongoing litigation. Um, so those are things that we want to have some dialogue so that, you know, if that is the case, we lose. Okay. Where can our industry pivot to? Uh, is there some type of hybrid model? Uh, I mean, obviously, it's not a flick of a switch where chauffeur transportation can tomorrow mm -hmm. be a uh, independent contractor. Because again, Prop 22 specifically in the language in the ballot is only for app base. Oh, we lost er him. Eric. Did you boot him? Did you not like what he was saying? <laughs> no, not at all. <laughs> yeah, no, we'll get him back in a second. But you know what amazes me is 
when this whole first thing happened and Uber kind of came out and they said, you know, if we're not going to get our way, we're just going to shut down. Oh, there's Mark. We lost you there. Did Mark, you? Eric booted you because he didn't like what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're being monitored by the NSA, so intelligence agencies. Yeah, no, exactly. yeah right. Actually, ooh, Dara's watching this podcast. He is, he is. And, you know, with that kind of money, he, he just puts a squash on me. Sure. So back to the GCLA. So, um, you know, we have 5,000 operators in the state of California. Obviously, we have an industry that is either in it or not in it. This has been a 10-year, you know, issue. So the big or the coalition, and remember, we're in California. This is a primarily Democratic state. So we did join a coalition. It's the NOAM Prop 22 campaign. The two heavyweights primarily in this is the California Labor Federation, which is made up of a lot of different unions in the state of California. And then one of the other largest uh, membership unions is the Service Employees International Union. Uh, they have endorsements by the California Democratic Party, which is very big and very strong in the state of California. Uh, there's many different organizations. If you haven't seen it, we will send it over to you so you can see all the coalition organizations. Uh, we have, even though they're not employees, uh, but we have all the various taxi uh, organizations. There isn't one state. So we have like San Diego's got an organization, LA, San Francisco. Obviously they've been you know, impacted all over the years. So they're on board of doing whatever it is. Uh, I guess we're, we're, uh, we're, <laughs> we're, we're like, around. We're like Brady um, bunching right now. No, I, I set it up as a, when we, when we. So hold on. Okay, so let me, let me ask you a question. Let me, and let me go back to this, just the dog. Go ahead. Go ahead. So you heard Steven say, and this just came out. I was actually listening on a call last night with the democratic uh, uh, party is they have $180 million in their war chest. And supposedly they've already spent a hundred million. They're bombarding. Uh, this is the most expensive proposition in not only California, but in U.S. history. Nobody has ever spent this kind of money. So they obviously are fearful. And this is one of the things Steve and I have talked I just, about. I just want to say that's more expensive than the tobacco industry, than the healthcare industry, than the, these mega, the oil and gas. You know, God knows what those people did to get things a, a unicorn. A unicorn is literally well, fighting for fighting this is back for. to the education part is – they are very worried because part of the AB5, which came in the last you know, 11th hour, was that enforcement clause. That is usually not seen. And that was that the state attorney general and the major DAs, which they all did, LA, San Francisco, San Diego, could file litigation. Uh, would have been nice if they filed it a lot earlier than May, but obviously that had an impact. And then we had something that was unprecedented is we finally had the labor commissioner, because let's face it, they're the guys who, you know, follow through on all of our labor laws. The labor commissioner, she actually filed all types of litigation too. So this is, this is going to impact. I mean, that's why they had to go to the ballot initiative, because if they win at the ballot, all of the litigation goes away. And I don't know if you saw just uh, yesterday, uh, that article just came out, which is giving us some type of optimism considering they've spent all this money, $100 million they've spent so far out of that $181 million. Um, the poll just came out that 39%, they took a poll of how many people 
would vote yes or no. 39% said yes, 36% said no, and that left a 25% still undecided. So all things considering, um, you know, I think you got to feel pretty good that we're still in the game. I, I understand what you're saying, Mark, and I am not trying to pour um, pour salt on the wound of the industry, especially in California. Uber, and, and I, I do not want to sure. be Debbie Downer in this episode, but I want I want you to see see the contrasts. Um, what you're saying is very positive, and I really hope Uber gets classified as employees. They, they, they are employees, those drivers, and Uber should be paying for them and should be offering the benefits, the whole nine yards like every other transportation company does in California, because that's the, that's the lay of the land there. But I'll tell you, but I'll tell you this, and I've had a front row seat to this in Las Vegas, Uber beat Las Vegas, Mm -hmm. which was the hardest market on planet earth to be in. Sheldon Adelson tried to open up a limousine service in Las Vegas and he lost that man had billions sitting in his bank account and he lost because the, the, the owners there beat him out of it. He couldn't pass the laws. And guess what? Uber came in. Not only did they upend the limousine industry, but they upended the, the, the taxi cartel that's in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. So let me tell you something. I understand what you're saying, but I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, that's positive news. That's positive news. I think Uber is going to win. This is just from my experience. I could be 100% sure. wrong. I think it's going to apply to the rest of California, except Uber and Lyft that everyone will not be able to have independent operators in their in their companies except Uber and Lyft. This is this is the octopus. This is the tsunami that Uber is. And, yeah. and and they will stop at nothing. That 180 million is 10 times that amount when when that runs out. They fight dirty. They sure. fight unfair. They change laws. They're changing the industry. And it's up to you guys. You you can fight it. You can fight it. But I don't think you guys are going to win. I think that uh, it's going to apply to all of us except Uber and Lyft. That's my own personal two cents. I could be a thousand percent wrong, but I saw what they did in Vegas. Not only did they upend the taxi industry, they destroyed the limos. I mean, luckily we had a small fleet, but sure. um, the doormen, the doormen's lives, uh, the union, they beat the labor unions uh, for the doormen, the culinary and um, uh, the other guy, the other team. I, I forget culinary and the teamsters or whatever the case sure this company and and what's amazing is is that like they're selling everybody a bag of shit they're selling everyone something that doesn't even exist turning everyone on planet earth into a limo driver it's wrong on every level but they have full support i would love to see california deny them and make them classify all their employees as 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 workers it's only right as as employees but then they would be if they had to do that, they would be like the rest of us. And you know, we've always said you can make you can make a great living in the limo business, but you can't become a billionaire. You're not going to become a billionaire in this industry. You could have an sure. amazing life. And I got to tell you, I just joined Facebook two weeks ago, and I already have almost thirteen hundred friends on that thing. And mm-hmm. every limousine operator is living their best existence. Yeah, every, all of them play golf. All of them eat out. They're catching sharks. They're swimming with sharks. Every limo operator is having the time of they're, their they're, life. They're donating the charities. Yeah, they're they're, donating, they're, right. They're it's, donating it's a, the charities. It's, it's a great lifestyle. This business. Um, well, go ahead, right, Stephen. I, I was going to say one last thing on that, Mike. You know, here's the deal. Since we've been in the fight, you know, we've been hearing about this for ten years because this is the last battle. This is this is it. 
And they know it because that's why they're spending the money. Because if they lose at the ballot, mm, ching, ching, that's like nail in the coffin because they know they're going to lose in litigation. So it is David and Goliath. The key is like anything else, sort of like shut up. If you really care, it is a power of numbers since we have social media. Um, there's a lot of things people can do. No one knows. It's, hey, I get it's, it. I mean, I listen, get it. I, sometimes, I, hang on, I, hang on. Sometimes, I get it. And, I, and Mark, I support the bill. You, I support you, the industry, all of California, sure. 100%. But ultimately, in the end, I have seen this time and time and time again where I was holding my breath because I didn't want Uber in Las Vegas. And sure. they, they they came in guns blazing. And oh, yeah, they decimated uh, they dec the industry. Decimated. Yeah. And I, I, yeah. ho I hope you are 100% right, and I hope I'm 100% wrong. But I yeah. see I see Uber becoming victorious because they always are because there's sure. something about them. But I you know, you know, the, the thing is, Michael, are they victorious? Because when they win, they really lose. When they lose, they no, really win. No, no, no. I'm just saying, are they victorious because they're not making money? Because their rideshare company is not profitable, and the, the, we know that because there was no Uber before Uber go ever tell, existed. Right? Go tell, go tell Jim Cramer on CNBC. Go tell those guys that they're not profitable, and you have Jim Cramer saying, "Buy Uber because it's 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 a good move." Or you have these these pencil heads saying, "Uber's great. We don't know what you're talking about. They're going to make men money eventually." People with, have with to self drive with self driving, with self -driving cars. cars. Really? Give me a fucking break. I'm sorry for cursing. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm with I'm with a New Yorker and a West Coast. It should be fine. But my, my point That's is, okay. <laughs> they're never going to make money. They're never going to they're never going to make money. So so they pivoted to Uber Eats. They they became the delivering chicken parm, and this is their future. Really? Like oh. this was their future. This was. Go ahead. All right, Steven, Michael. Steven, Michael, take it, Michael, take it easy. Come no, on, it's bullshit. I don't even know where to begin because I, I'm not usually this quiet for this long of a period of time. And normally, I, I would write <laughs> unload, down unload on the whole audience, Stephen. Just but go got, for it. I've got it all up here. First is the stock market doesn't reflect reality, not just with Uber and Lyft, but the rest of, of the world. I that's mean, that's 100 the truth. So, but that, that's one. Two is I don't know where California is going to come out. You know, I'm hopeful and I, I'm doing oh, everything I can from the East Coast. Uh, but I don't know where it's going to come out. But there are two things that I do know. One is that even if, assuming they win in California, there's still 49 other states. And they're all, in my opinion, from my discussions with uh, elected leaders and whatnot, they're waiting to see what happens in California because that's going to map out what they're going to do. If they lose, they're going to lose everywhere. If they win in California, well, then we got to get a little bit creative. But just to stay one step ahead, because maybe it's the lawyer in me that says, I've got to prepare for the best or hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. So what I've done in order to prepare for the worst is if, and I, I'm saying if, I don't like this, but you got to take the best that you can with what you're left with. If Uber wins Proposition 22. I've already started talking to the chief of staff at the uh, Governor Newsom's office, uh, Lorena Gonzalez's office, and the CPUC about what I'll call Plan B. And what Plan B is, in an ideal world, Plan A would be it's an equal playing field. Plan B is, okay, if they're deemed to be independent contractors, fine. But that doesn't mean that the taxpayer should be footing the bill for the social safety net. Now, we know the employer-employee relationship was set up during the New Deal in the 30s after the Depression, and it was so that way, uh, if you hit on hard times, then you would have something to fall back on, aka workers' comp, unemployment, uh, disability benefits, you know, pension, things of that nature. 
And now with the rise of the gig economy, there's no social safety net. And I do believe that after COVID-19 is over with and the final bill comes in, how much did the government have to pay? And all the, eventually it's going to go back to the taxpayers one way or the other. And the taxpayers are going to say, why should I be paying for the unemployment benefits for the Uber and Lyft drivers? So what I've been speaking to the elected leaders about is if they lose Proposition 22, again, a big if, then I'm working with the group to set up basically a benefits program that the legislature can then mandate. Fine. If you want to be an independent contractor, you can. But as a condition of being an independent contractor, you have to join this benefits program where you're going to get, let's call it employee-like benefits. So they're not going to get out of it scot-free. It's, like okay. it's like the black car fund in uh, yeah, New York City. Exactly. A, port a portable yeah. benefits fund, which if they if they lose, then is that ideal? No. But will they walk away? Uh, I'm trying to make it as good as possible for the legislature to be able to say, you know what? That's a good compromise. That way they still have to pay something. Maybe it's not a complete level playing field, but on the same note, the drivers aren't walking away with nothing because I do advocate not only on behalf of the, the transportation entities, but I'm a big advocate for drivers. But, you know, Uber just doesn't give a damn, right. you know, like, like, right. the, like they just don't care. They were willing to shut down in the middle of a pandemic when everybody was at their worst in, in the low, in the dark night of the soul during this pandemic, they were saying, okay, we are shutting down drivers be damned they didn't give a shit about the drivers listen guys anything short of an enron scandal nothing is stopping this company well here's one of the other things Stephen. too uh, i don't know if that would really be a go-to because in the proposition uh this was brought up in a discussion that i was listening to last night is they have a clause which totally benefits them and that is there cannot be any change or amendment to prop 22 which is basically for them, it would take seven eighths of the state's legislature, which would never happen to make that change. So they've written that thing, all that will benefit them. And here's the key word, they continue to exploit the workers. Because the end game, which one of you already mentioned, is that tomorrow there could be autonomous vehicles, bye-bye to all their labor force. And the labor oh, has no idea. It only so, place, excuse me, excuse me. The only place self-driving cars exist are in the movies. I'm sorry. It's, 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 it's ridiculous. so fake. Go, so go fake. make a pickup in Manhattan, 3 PM on a Friday when it's raining in a self-driving car, go to Pittsburgh when it's snowing in a self-driving car. Self-driving cars can't work some of the time. They have to work all the time. 100% of the time you you pressed my eye. Hold on one second. Freezes. Hold on one second. My iPhone. Freezes. Hold on one second. You be... you you exit out of this this podcast by accident, right? Mark, or you got or you or you got booted out, or there yeah. was there was some echo. We can't. Mark, perfect... Did you drop out? Did you drop out of this, or did, did did the system kick you out? No, I got kicked out. Okay, can you exactly. imagine going sixty miles an hour on the four hundred five, <laughs> and you get kicked I mean, out, and you get yeah. and the system has to get kicked out because it needs a reboot? Shut the forget it. I'm not telling you, Mark. I <laughs> no, wouldn't. I, I don't even have the Uber app. It's such a shit. It's it's fake. It's not even real. It's like an eBay for car service. It's, so, well, it's here, here's the key. I mean, the difference is we are in an employer employee state, and we've yeah. been in that kind of model. Everyone knows in California. Maybe other states have the IO model, but that's what we've done. 
we continue to do, and it is about what Lorena Gonzalez stated. It's all about labor protection, the driver of the workers' protection rights that they do not have. They don't get it. And, you know, somebody brought up a conversation last night. It says, well, hey, if I drive for Uber or I drive for, you know, Instamate, uh, Insta, yeah, Instacart, will I still be a driver? And she goes, hey, it's just like if you work part-time for McDonald's and you work part-time for Burger King, you're going to be an employee of both those companies. So just back to the reality, there is still, again, there's so many people that do abide by whatever the industry they're in, uh, that if they are an owner uh, or they're the employer and they have their employees, everyone's following the rules. It's amazing that we can go through all this regulation. And I think I said this to Stephen before, I almost wish there was no AB5 or 2257, because guess what? We would have the ABC dynamics case decision, and that would have been litigation central. All labor lawyers across the United States would be having, they would have thought they won the lottery because they could go after every industry that now would be in violation you of- convinced, You convinced me, Mark. You yeah. convinced me that that McDonald's and Burger King um, example, you convinced me. I agree with you. All those drivers should be employees and they should I, all get the benefits and they should all be paid by the hour and they, and they should, should get, be paid minimum get, wage and they should get overtime and they should and, get overtime and double time, especially in California, because that's what we're paying. Sure. Well, and here's one other thing. Stephen will will uh, I'll throw in his two cents, and that is with the appeals. On September 4th, both CEOs of Uber and Lyft had to submit in writing how they would comply with the employee model if they lost the appeal and if they lost the ballot initiative. So in other words, they can actually operate as employees still in California, where Uber's getting roughly about 12 percent and Lyft's getting 16 percent of their total revenue. So they're not leaving, leaving the state. They can't operate. They just won't operate with the massive numbers that are not regulated. Oh, what was so, their What was their model? Did they, did they submit that? What like how much? What What would their model be to make it happen? Um, I don't know if that's is, maybe Stephen can answer that question. I don't know if that information is available to the public or if that's strictly you know the appeals court has that that information of how they would have to comply. My my concern with that was that they actually filed it. So I did confirm that they did file the statement. I didn't look at it. I can I can obtain it, but I don't want to put the cart before the horse and try to figure out how they're going to comply in the event that they lose. I'll just be out, you know, drinking a martini, enjoying and celebrating the fact that they lost. And then I'll read how they're going to comply. But the truth of the matter is, is I do believe that the legislature made a mistake by enacting AB5 because Dynamex's decision would have been sufficient. Uh, the other thing that kills me is the misinformation that is being broadcast to the public. Uber and Lyft make it seem like the world is going to come to an end because you're not going to be independent anymore. Well, the reality is, is that we all understand employer-employee relationship to be, okay, you're going to work nine to five, you're going to come into the office, you're going to have a pencil, I'm going to give you a computer. But the reality is, is that you can still drive for Uber and Lyft and be an employee and set your own hours. The problem is, is Uber and Lyft don't want them to do that. They say, we, you know, you're not going to be independent anymore, but they're not going to be independent because that's what Uber is going to do if they have to. Now, they don't want to have to, but what hurts me even more is the fact that when they threatened to pull out California, the mayors of, I believe it was San Jose and San Diego, 
all of a sudden came out and said, we've got to meet in the middle here. We've got to do something because we can't have you pull out. That's like, you know, tipping your hand. I mean, do they ever play poker out there? You know, the the, the two mayors to say, oh, you're going to threaten to come out to pull out. And all of a sudden it's, oh, we've got to somehow uh, work something out with Uber and Lyft. They're pushing misinformation to the public and they're pushing a bad bill of goods on the public. What it is, Stephen. Even um, pardon me for interrupting, but Uber and Lyft think that California needs them more than more than they need California, and that's the only reason why. And 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 they're right, because because the, the mayors wouldn't have folded like cheap suits if that was the case. They would have said, "Fine, leave, close up, we don't care." But they, they it, so Uber knows they're going to win. Unfortunately, as much as I don't want that to be true, I'm leaning in that direction too. But it's still it's still worth the fight. You you got you got to yeah. you have to keep doing what you're doing. That's why we're having this show to raise awareness. But man, they they're they're a juggernaut. They're, they're an tsunami that juggernaut. no one no one can stop. And like I said, I don't want to sound redundant. Vegas fought them tooth and nail. If Vegas spent ten million, Uber spent a hundred million. It didn't matter. And and Vegas, you, I mean. No one can open up there. No one can open up in that city. Not only did Uber open up, they destroyed the entire three markets that were there. Taxi, shuttle, and limousine. And doorman. Four, four, four industries there. I think they have proven that, well, I personally believe money cannot buy love and happiness. It can buy just about anything else, including your own creation of the law, your own politician, your own, your own uh, what did Steve Jobs call it? Your own reality distortion field, which is what yep. they've projected onto the rest of the world. I think that, um, you know, this, I'm going to go a little spiritual here and I really don't want, like, I don't know how you guys feel about spirituality, but I've learned in this book, the science of getting rich, Eric and I talk about all the time that no government can hold you down, right? No government or no competitor can stop you. There really is no such thing as competition. And, and once our industry learns this, that there's no such thing as competition, that it's you're competing with yourself as much money can be created for you as anyone else. If someone else in your state is making money, so can you. If someone else in your town is making money, so can you. That's that's just the laws of the universe. And again, I, I don't like you could be a right brain or a left brain, doesn't matter. We have to, as as uh, as an industry, if we're going to lose this, which I I honestly don't have a good feeling about it. I hope I hope they win it. I hope that they are classified as employees. Listen, but if hold on one second, Eric. If if we don't, if we don't we have to reinvent ourselves, right? Our industry has to reinvent themselves and not be stuck trying to fight Uber while Uber's running away with everything, right? Yeah, I mean, the best thing that our industry can do, and it's what we've done all along, is you have to double down on service. And I know that's a very broad statement and it kind of sounds- Amen, Eric. You know, but it, it kind of sounds eye-rolling, but it's it's the truth. The type of travel that we manage cannot be- helped by pressing a button it's nuanced and it's hard to do and if you, if we double down on that type of transportation like michael said it doesn't matter what the government says it doesn't matter what your competitor says it doesn't matter what uber or lyft or any of those companies say double down on service because people will always find that type of the people will always find people will always need that type of service and that's the bottom line <laughs> yeah, I'm in, I'm in total agreement. I mean, it's, you know, we're, we're running high-end luxury service. We provide it to corporate clients. That's what they expect. There's a difference. I mean, it's day and night of an Uber service and chauffeur car. But this is, the, you know, the one last you know, fight 
So we might as well just go in for the fight. Again, it's still, it is David Goliath. We have nothing to lose. That's why I'm saying we be optimistic. If we beat him, we beat him. And if we don't, we pivot to something else that's still beneficial to the operators that are still going to be in the business. But I, I hate to seeing people that want to play negative or that were in it and that decided in the 11th hour to. He was driving 90 miles an hour and the car just shut off. <laughs> well, I do want to, I do want to point out, uh, I'd rather Mark be here, but I don't want to lose the, the thought. Go ahead. Is, assuming they win in California. Okay, great. They can have a big party there. I don't like to see that happen, but, but they still have the same fight in 49 other states. They're not going to go away. And I don't know that they're and every state doesn't have the ability to do a, a proposition as one and two. So even if they win in California, it doesn't mean they ride off into the sunset. They still have a hell of a uh, mountain to climb. You know, and, and speaking and of that, hold yeah. on one second. And speaking of that, I know Cuomo has said that he's wants to abolish basically independent operators too, in the same manner that that California is doing. Sure, sure. Which sure, would, sure. which would <laughs> sure, decimate, I mean, that would decimate the black car industry. That would put the nail in the coffin of whatever's left with that. Right, 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 right. right. I mean, he does yeah. say that. So. Oh, sure. He could say what he wants. He also wants to mandate flu shots, which I really hope doesn't happen because I'm not going to take it. I'll move. Okay. And I'm not an anti-vaxxer. I just wanted to mention, but listen, guys, anything short, I said this earlier and I just want to preface it. Anything short of an Enron scandal will not stop Uber. We have to double down in our industry, like Eric said, on our own companies. Mark, I commend you on the fight. Fight, fight, fight. But when that fight is over, win or lose, go back to the company and go make it the best possible company you can because that's what we're doing. Sure. And and and, and we're not we're not here to stop a tsunami. We're not here to to go on the edge of Long Island and say, "No hurricane, you can't come yeah, here." With our dinghy, right? With our, with our little dinghy saying, "No, mm-hmm. no, 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 you don't understand. This is this is the way it's been for This the is last- wrong. You can't you can't wreck this beach. You can't <laughs> wreck this beach. And, and and Uber the tsunami is coming in. They're saying, "We don't care who you are." Right? I read this great post today. I kind of want to switch gears, but kind of connect it to this. What would happen if all social media exploded today and no one had social media anymore? <laughs> We'd be very bored. No, really, truly. What, what, what do we do for the last hundred years? What would what would you do? All three of you guys on the call. Gosh, what I would rem- you do if social media exploded today and never came back, and there was no Facebook, no Twitter, no Instagram, no YouTube, nothing? What would what would you guys do? I, I'd call up Eric and I'd say, "What what, what do you do from here? You 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 you've become the the guru of social media." Oh gosh. And, it, it, it would be amazing to have to pick up a phone. How about how about a, a rotary phone at that to say, you know, how do you go about dealing with that sort of thing? But that's the point that, you know, there's no going back. You know, it's just a social, media, social media is, is not going to explode. But what do you do, man? What do you do when that, you go to the bathroom? What, what are you supposed to do when you go to the bathroom? <laughs> Read a book. <laughs> Read a magazine. <laughs> Read Fangoria. <laughs> Actually, have discussion with your family uh, and friends. So, so my thing is like, what would happen if Uber disappeared? What What would happen if Uber just went up and vanished? Well, listen, like, like, well, listen. Cheap transportation already existed, and it was efficient. There was the bus. There was the train. There, there, there's walking, there's riding a bike. There was cheap forms of transportation that existed before Uber. Uber and tried profitable. to come in. Yeah, Uber came in and they said, okay, we're going to take one to a one-to-one service and we're going to make it cheap. And eventually through economy of scale, 
it, we're going to make money on it. No, that's not the way it works. One-to-one -one service is expensive. When you have a lawyer working on a case, it's expensive. When you have someone cutting your hair or doing your hair, why is getting your hair colored a hundred bucks? Or whatever it is, because it's expensive because you're using the time of one person. They have cheap transportation. It's called a bus because you can put 50 people on there and they can go and make stops and it's $5. They already have cheap transportation. I really thought that people would see through Uber when COVID hit. I got to tell you, one of my good friends, she's going to be on the podcast in a couple of weeks, Tyra Bell Holland. She was the chef concierge of the Venetian. Um, great friend, big advocate of BLS. And then she went over to the Cosmopolitan. And now she's running uh, Ava Rose PR agency. She, I saw her on Facebook. She was taking um, an Uber from LAX to her hotel. And there was a shower curtain, a barrier between her and the driver. The driver literally hung a fucking shower curtain. There's no way that driver, there's no way that driver is cleaning the car in between that that $8 ride. I hope people out there see this. And and this goes, I know I have a strong indication that a lot of limousine operators are gonna be watching this podcast and listening to what our Schmuckalovich's have to say. But let me tell you something. Double down on your safety and let everyone know what Uber's not doing. Because that's how you're going to win, not by putting Uber out of business. Uber's going to put themselves out of business if it's ever going to happen or be bought or whatever. Double down on your business, guys. I can't stress this enough. Educate your clients to what you're doing that you're not putting curtains, shower curtains in your cars. Also, I want to mention, do you know, you know, this brings up kind of Waymo, Google's Waymo. And they're like, you know, self-driving cars is the future. Do you know why they're able to do self-driving cars for Waymo? Does anybody know why they're literally remote controlling the cars from, from a different location? So it's all smoke and mirrors. No doubt they have amazing technology, but they literally have operators at a remote location that are remote driving the cars. Why don't you just have someone in the car just driving you? Because it's not good for PR. Right. Right. Steven, what say you? Um, I think they're contrary to, I know what you've said, Eric, about self-driving cars. I do believe that we will see them in our lifetime, not necessarily mass adopted. I think I we'll, agree. I think we'll be gray or in my case, grayer. Uh, but I do believe we will see it. It's just a matter of how much, whether it actually is able to infiltrate our industry. That's a whole nother story. I mean, you know, it's one thing to, to take uh, in a college town to have a shuttle that goes, you know, let's say in Manhattan that goes across 14th Street and have that autonomous. It's another thing to go from, you know, uh, Wall Street up to, you know, East Harlem and, you know, navigate the FDR Drive. That's not going to happen anytime soon. Exactly. Mark? Hey, Mike, I just wanted to throw in when you talked about safety, because uh, since we're on this call, I, I think that's great, because if, if this message does get out to, which I believe we are going to send it out to our corporate clients, um, the safety issue of what chauffeur transportation will provide to our corporate clients and their customers far exceeds anything that the rideshare companies currently exactly. do or even will be able to do. Yes. So the, the level of service, the type of equipment, the type of personalized service, our staffing, our chauffeurs, and obviously the safety measures that have been um, put in place, not only through CDC, we have it even in the state of California, uh, uh, the PUC now mandated uh, that we all have to have basic requirements. Obviously, many of the co companies, including yourself, have exceeded those. So really, the types of service that we're offering are on really unparalleled. 
And then going back to the basic, our basic protections for our employees. That, that should yes. be our key, key message. Agreed 100%. And I got to tell you, Eric and I and Phyllis, our mom, we beat Uber during COVID. We beat Uber because our clients put out mandates and protocols that their employees are not allowed to get into Uber cars. This is specifically for New York. And a lot sure. of the hotels in Vegas are doing that as well. But in New York specifically, we went, we reinvented ourselves. We reinvigorated the company. We added incredible things to, to make sure that anyone getting into a BLS car is not going to get COVID. Okay. Sure. We had call after call after call with New York city firms. And every one of them said, we are getting rid of all independent operators all black car services. We're getting rid of all no one is allowed to use Uber, Lyft, or Get, or whoever else there is, and everyone is going to be allowed to use BLS for the time being uh, until there's a vaccine or until they say, "Okay, we're ready to go back into an Uber or Lyft." But we we won that, and and that was that's really important for operators to hear. Reinvent yourself, and there's you have to you, can, you have to you have to educate your clients, and there's no better way of doing that through social media, through calling them, emailing them, and and you know don't be annoying. You know, there, there is a strategy that you can do, but creating content online is one of the single best things that you can do to educate your clients on what you're doing and how you're doing it. Connect with them on LinkedIn, yeah. connect with them on Facebook, sure. and then take a picture of a driver in a car with a mask on with your divider and say, this is the safest form of transportation that you can get. Eventually, when they start traveling again, they're going to remember you. And that's all that we're doing. It's not rocket science. And we're not doing this to beat Uber, right? Like I said before, I think you guys, I hope you guys do. We support you guys fully, but if you don't double down on your company, double down on your service, sure, it, it, it'll mean everything. So anything else you guys want to, you want to like bash Dara? We could talk about him for like a half hour. No, no. You know, I think, I think it's been a, a great conversation and uh, if we can get this out uh, to our industry, we definitely would like to send it out and like, we'd even like to pass this on to the no on 22 campaign because I know we're a little bit long, but I think everything we've talked about is really informative that might sway a lot of people's, uh, you know, decisions of having more education and knowledge of really what's at stake. So what I find interesting is that California is a democratic state. You would think that they would be pro employee and want to provide benefits and want to obtain those benefits, not necessarily with the lack of independence that comes with being an employee, but Uber and Lyft can play that out. I think as a result of our discussion, I'll log onto the court's website and see what they filed because I'd love to see what their plan Steven, actually is. Steven, Vegas is a union state and Uber came in and destroyed the unions, literally. And like it took years to do it, but they did it. And they're they're bigger there now than they've the, ever the been. The taxi cartels in Vegas spent five million dollars to try and beat Uber. Uber came in and donated twenty million dollars to for like a hospital or something, right? right? Whatever, whatever they did. And so they're they're just they're always going to outspend. I mean, how much are how much is the opposition to Prop Twenty Two spending? Well, they're only spending probably about in the ten million. But let me just go back to you. Got to look at a little bit different than Nevada and to California. Please, please, please. We have forty million people that are in California versus your population is nowhere near that, and a lot of that is transient. So it could be a different scenario that even though they're, they're spending this money because they obviously are worried because we are a democratic state. 
I mean, I'll just be honest, you know, I'm my party is I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. But when it comes to legislation in California, I'm going to side with guess who we went to to be part of the bills. It's the Democratic Party. So they make sense because in this case, they are looking out for um, the workers. And here's an ironic thing. The wonderful Republican Party in the state of California um, are in the yes for 22. So tell me if that isn't ironic. I don't know. I, I, I don't even want and to touch politics. And they're a minority in the state. So it'll be key. No one really knows. It's just, it, it's going to be one of those, everyone needs to get the message out. And that's I, I, don't know if you, do. I don't know if you mentioned it before, but are there any projections out there? Uh, nobody really knows right now. The other key know. is, and we didn't bring up, is the ballots, all the mail-in ballots go out in the first week of October. And the No on 22 campaign did initial survey asking, would you fill out the ballot as soon as you received it versus waiting till closer to Election Day? So there was a certain percentage who said they would immediately fill it out. So that could go back into this, you know, initial polling where it's it's tight right now. And you've got a lot of undecideds because here's the key. I'm sure everyone's going to be watching next Tuesday is the first presidential debate. And then we'll have a couple more in the month of October. So the people who wait to the end or vote at the booth, they obviously want to see the ballot as far as the presidential side. So this is a huge campaign, not only for the U.S. president, but in California, we've got 12 propositions. So hopefully, you know, and there's two of them that are spending a lot of money. This is the most expensive because, as you see, it's it's you're in or you're out. And if they lose it, everything changes. So it's a wait and see. It's just a key message of who's going to actually go out there and vote because you can spend all the money in the world and you guys get it. Bloomberg spent a billion of his own dollars. Of course, he's got 75 billion. But look where that got him. So you just don't know at the end of the day how much money. You just we're going Honestly, to play that's, optimistic. that's brilliant, Mark. Yeah, because, was, you know, yeah. like you would think that, you know, with the amount of money that Bloomberg did spend, it was, he, he was a shoo in. And yeah. and that wasn't the case. So, you know. Well, what, what, bothers me, what bothers me about the the election, or rather for the proposition, is neither side has a majority. There's no, no, there's no poll that said one way or the other that either had over 50%. So that means the reality or the deciding factor is in the undecided area. And I believe when people go vote, that especially when it comes to a ballot issue, Sometimes they'll just check a box just because the box is there or say, you know what, there's uh, two propositions. Uh, one of them is uh, 2942 and one is 22. Well, uh, 22 sounds like a good number. That's my favorite number. I'm going to check that off. They're not necessarily voting for it. I mean, I hate to say it because I did it myself once, probably the first time I ever voted. Uh, I went into the presidential election back when I, you know, when I was 18, I guess. And you voted for the attorney general. And I said, well, I heard of this guy. I didn't hear of this person, so I voted for him. Is that, was that smart on my part? Uh, probably not. But I do believe people vote for, well, I like how this person looks. Or, you know, back to, you know, JFK and Nixon. Well, Nixon didn't do so well on the uh, TV because he was sweating. And JFK was handsome. So it looked, uh, it, it, people vote for the wrong reasons. I'm not convinced that if uber prevails it's going to be because that's what the people want it could be yeah. largely so they're spending they're spending money on educating the public to to vote 
not just educating the public, but there are, I've seen offers where either substantially reduced rides or free rides to the polls. They're literally transporting people to the polls for free or, you know, at, at their cost in order to get them to the polls. And if they're transporting them to the polls, who are they going to vote for? Listen, unbelievable. I, I, Eric and I support you. We support our industry. We love the ground travel industry. Um, we hope Uber loses. We hope that they they are uh, categorized as as actual employees of their company because it's the right thing to do. Um, and I hope the rest of the states follow. But listen, I could hope all I want, but ultimately it's up to Eric and I to hunker down and support you guys as best as we can and keep reinventing our company to meet the to meet the times. And that's what we're doing. And you know, and we that's, that's what we can recommend to that's everybody what we, else yeah, as well. Yeah, that you guys fight, fight your asses off because there are things that Eric and I fought for, right? Our life, Eric and my life, has been filled with one big bag of no's, and it was our it was our uh, goal to get past those no's, right? Can we have the account? No. Can we do this? No. Can we? Can you want to buy my screen screenplay or you want to buy my book? No. And it's it's your job to get around that no, and um, we support you in the fight, and we hope you guys prevail. And I think uh, I think we sign off, right? Oh, I, I can always so. talk about anything. I mean, you guys. Are, <laughs> and, and by the way, I would like to mention: anytime you guys want to come back on, you just let Eric and I know. You guys have a platform sure. here, and you know, um, I, I you know, unfortunately, I'm leaning that I, I believe Uber is going to win. I hope they don't. And, see what uh, ultimately? Who knows? You guys want to we'll, take bets? You go, we'll we're betting, man. You want to take bets? Yeah. No. Hundred bucks, Uber wins. No, no, no. All right, all right. The loser has to take a picture with their shirt off on LinkedIn. No, no. The loser has to take everyone else to, to Peter Luger's. <laughs> Guys, Listen, like, every like, subscribe, leave comments down below, share this with everyone in California, and let everyone know that we hate Uber. <laughs> Hang out for a second, guys. Don't go anywhere. Hang on, guys. Thanks, everybody. Thank you. Thank you.